They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's never studied dangerous diseases up close. That's what we have the robot for. This is Hysteria 51. Meet Sacks Collect Comics. I collect diseases. No, no, he doesn't. Well, a robot can dream. <laughs> we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, and we're your hosts and head scientists. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. That's Professor Brent Hand to you. Oh. Thanks, John. Tonight we have a scary one, a real-life disease lab studying horrific things, and it's a lot closer to home for millions and millions of people than than most folks actually realize. Yeah, I mean it's a real thing. That's not the that's not the question mm-hmm. here. And most folks don't realize that A Plum Island is not only a real thing, but that B And now for a word from our sponsor. Cheese muffins. Brent, this is turning into a circus. I know, man. For uh, for new listeners, you just heard the voice of our resident asshole robot conspiracy bot. I actually billed him to help produce a show. Instead, he only makes it worse. Cheese, 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 cheese muffins. And that other voice is Kyle, Seabot's own robot creation that, well, well, he doesn't do much. Yeah, here's the deal, John. I tried fixing Seabot, and we all know that just it hasn't worked. Can't fix perfection. So then he made Kyle, and I thought maybe keep each other entertained, but it's only added to the carnage. We can't even get a respectable intro cut. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure we could ever do that, but <laughs> but I hear you. I mean, I see what you were going with. You you wanted them to be like brothers entertaining each other. It's really turned into more like a bag of badgers. Honey badgers, to be specific. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how we... You you expecting someone? No, not at all. wonder if Pecker's milling around. Hey, did someone say robot problem? Holy crap, it's British announcer guy. I thought you were... Dead. At least I hoped you were. That's right, Seabot. I'm back, baby. You can take the Englishman out of the fight, but you can't take the fight out of the Englishman. No one understood that. And you know what? I've had enough of your little games, Conspiracy Bot. I'm working on a project over here in the colonies and thought I would swing by the lower fourth to play a little disassembled Johnny Five. No disassembled Shut up, Kyle. British announcer guy, I, I was really beginning to think Conspiracy Bot was telling the truth about your untimely demise. We reached out a bunch lately, but we, we haven't heard back. Sorry about that, chaps. Been busy with my project. And honestly, I wouldn't be here now if I hadn't been in need of a right English pint earlier today. Does that mean beer? I can get you a beer. Shut up, Kyle. Okay, so you needed a pint. How, how does that equal to you showing up at our doorstep? So I'm walking through the liquor store, and what do I see but a life-size cutout of Conspiracy Bot? I believe it was an advertisement, pronounced advertisement, for his newest codswallop, Bot Juice. Anyway, knowing he's as bent as a nine-bob note, I figured the Tossbot was up to his usual tomfoolery. So I thought I'd come by to take the piss out of the gobshite, and maybe even paste the knobhead. (laughs) No one understood that either. I did. Shut Shut up, up, Kyle. Kyle! 
All right, all right. That's going to take some decoding even for me. You mentioned you're in town for a bit. Can we can we pick this back up next week? Uh, we want to learn more, but we, we do have an episode to do. <laughs> I've got nothing but time. I'll be back next week. All right, then. That was ominous. Uh, <laughs> back to Plum Island, I guess. That was really, really British. <laughs> I mean, that was British for British announcer guy. Right. So, John, uh, getting back to it, let's or, or, or into it, I guess, let's play a game. Yeah, back here in the colonies. Yeah. Let's say you want to build a facility. I want to build a facility. Everyone, you know, it's every child's dream. Well, you told me to say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that will work. <laughs> I can just see my two-year-old sitting in his crib, like putting his little fingers together. Facility. Yeah. yeah. What do you, What are you making with your Legos? A facility. <laughs> well, that will work with some of the worst diseases known to man, and also, also, experiment with diseases on all sorts of animals and insects. Where would you build this? Where would you your optimal place for placement? Well, if it was up to me, I suppose right outside one of the largest and most important cities in the world with literally tens of millions of people in the vicinity. I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. You should run for office because that's, you know, the powers of be seem to go along in line with your And I mean, thinking. apparently skeletons in the closet aren't aren't necessarily a. Uh... No, that's just you in the closet after you've hung yourself when you get caught. <laughs> Your skeletons come out of the closet, then you go in and... and um, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Give it the old David Carradine in the closet, but on purpose. On purpose. Uh, you, went with, you went David Carradine, I thought you were going to go Michael Hutchins, but either way, I get it. Oh, uh, no, that's too much in excess for me. <laughs> the, <laughs> but it, devil inside. Devil I'm, inside. I'm in excess yeah. with that one. Oh! Every single one of us, the devil inside. No, but really, though... Uh, we're talking Plum Island this week, and man, it is, it's scary when you think about it. It's scary when you don't think about it, because it's, well, it's scary no matter what, there. yeah. I mean, so, it's, yeah, it's, what it's is really it? really close. Yeah, what is it? So Plum Island itself is just an island right off the coast of Long, of Long Island. So it's a little redundant. Yeah, It's right. an island off an island. It's three miles long, one mile wide, so not huge. And just for fun, the island is the site of the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, P-I-A-D-C. That really doesn't roll off the tongue. I think I like saying Plum Island. Yeah. Which, it sounds like a World of Warcraft character. Piotic. The gnome. <laughs> which was established by the United States Department of Agriculture in 1954. Yes. Yeah, he's really into agriculture, I guess. So the island is also the site of the former U.S. military installation Fort Terry, which has such a kind and non-threatening past. We've talked about it before. So if you don't remember what that was, I don't. Uh, that's where they brought a lot of the Nazis and things when they brought them over because of Project Paperclip. Paperclip, yeah, oh. you know, Nazis and Japanese from a unit with a certain number at the end of it. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. Oh, Fort Terry. Oh, but you want to? You want to? I thought you. I thought you meant Terry with an I. Oh, yeah. And, but I, now, mm-hmm. okay, of course, yes, yes, yes. Um, so let's go check it out. Yeah, well, you want to visit? Good luck. Access Island is controlled by the United States Department of Homeland Security, and they're a chuckle fest all the time. And in fact, our requests to visit have been denied. Now, granted, I've just been sending them in threatening emails, but they keep saying no. <laughs> In person, oddly. (laughs) And often. Um, Okay, but now, we're making this sound nefarious. It isn't necessarily nefarious. And in fact, according to the government, no classified work is done on the island at all. 
all research that is done there is released to the public. And the research that they do is very important. It's what keeps hamburgers from that you eat and all the other food safe. In, or otherwise, you'd have to buy meat that was from facilities that you knew. You definitely tested their meat, and hamburgers would be forty dollars a pound right. or more, and stuff like that. that so that, that's that's only going to happen once Taco Bell wins the franchise award. That's true. They're doing God's work. Yeah, they say. I mean, the, the the only reason for tight security, and this does make sense, and 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 like not giving people access are the diseases contained there because they're they're researching diseases. The the one that's always called out. Uh, and keep in mind, again, these are diseases that afflict animals, not diseases that afflict human beings. The one that's always called out is foot and mouth disease. Now, that's different from the, the hand, foot and mouth your toddler brought home from daycare, right? Or, that's exa- it is different. Thank God. Hand uh, and foot. Is hand, that how it goes? <clears throat> a pink eye, double barrel pink eye. That's what double, it was. No, it's called it's called hand, foot and mouth. Um, and it's it's this weird hand, foot and mouth is, is what the toddler brought home from daycare. And it's just like this disease that all these kids get whenever they're slobbering and all over each other. It's not, I mean, it's like, it's like, that's a, what happens when you give each other's buttholes where butterfly we, kisses. Where are we going with this? Butterfly kisses. Kids are weird, man. <laughs> I just assume you're, that's something your kid's into. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm frightened. <laughs> and now I know that men in black suits are going to show up at your front yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> Foot it, and mouth, though, for livestock, it's a serious thing. It's a really serious thing. It's so serious that, um, well, I mean, we don't know about it here because it was eradicated in the U.S. in 1929. Which is funny because it was eradicated here, but it's still but all it's, over the world. Oh, they had an outbreak in um, South Korea just a few years ago. So the problem is they call it the livestock net. And so there's all these these animals are on there and they trade information back and forth. Well, they found out that vaccines for hoof and mouth they think causes autism in cows. So a lot of them are refusing to get vaccinated. I can't. I'm done. <laughs> He's done awful things to people, and he'll do awful things to you. Oh, I, Just know, say he, moo. What episode is this? 150-something. I have been doing this so long with you, and I still get, every now and then, you start down a path, and I, I get I get suckered in. I'm like, oh, a new bit of information that we, that we hadn't discussed. And, and there you go. I should have known at Livestock Net. <laughs> Well, it's like I mean, a fishnet, like, but it's a lot bigger. Like FarmersOnly.com for livestock? <laughs> FarmersOnly sounds like something I would make up. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely at Livestock.net. <laughs> so, but, but this is a serious it, it is disease. Serious. If, if, if it broke out in the U.S., they say that one breakout could cost the U.S., the, the the economy of the U.S., over $50 billion in just the first year. Because it is, it might not spread virally through humans, but it spreads like wildfire through yeah, livestock. So keep that shit away, yes. in other words. But they don't just work on foot and mouth hair. It's, they, they do all sorts of stuff. They work on, on foreign animal diseases, specifically a lot of times, so that they don't come here. Most of diseases that don't currently exist at all in the U.S., that way they can stay controlled, remain controlled, keep them out of here completely. Things like, and these are not things I'm making up, hog cholera and African swine fever. I would have bet that you made up hog cholera, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it checks out. It checks out. Yeah, they run over 30,000 diagnostic tests each year. The Here's the point. 
the point to all of this is to predict how pathogens change that you can then be ready with vaccines mm-hmm. both here and abroad because you can't look at it like this is not a United States issue because the moment it's an issue anywhere with any disease, it can quickly become a United States right. issue. And the other thing that they, they look into that, that people talk about too is if these diseases could jump to humans because – most of the time, diseases don't, but then you have the plague every once in a while. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and, that, so, and AIDS. Yeah. Right? Like, that yeah. started with monkeys. I actually and- just read a story on AIDS, and they, they are going back and testing. Back in the day, they didn't have great testing facilities. Right. But they're trying to really, really pinpoint it down. They've actually found people that die that they had still partially preserved pieces of the biopsies they did. 1922. They had found a case of a no, person that had really? HIV. Wow. So, and they've actually pinpointed down to the town they think that it came from. And it was uh, the chimpanzee meat trade. And, oh like, my God. you know, and the blood got on the person. And then it, it, the problem is when AIDS transfers from person to person, it changes. And that's why it's so hard to track. So it just festered in this area for so long we didn't really know about it until the 80s i mean the 70s when it really started to become a thing right in people's but education started in the 80s yeah and it became when it became an epidemic here well that was that's an interesting segue back to the show because um you mentioned how aids changes that's also why they're studying these diseases because uh much like uh think of the flu in humans as an example every year there's a a flu Mm -hmm. vaccine and what, what do they do we have our best scientists researching what the most likely strains of the flu that will afflict the biggest part of the population. They actually just no, – that's not exactly the case. They go hang out at flu bars and see the coolest flus. See, I knew that you were going somewhere like, bad there. All right, this flu – I saw, I saw the glint in your eye. This flu seems kind of cool. We probably need to keep him away. But – so in other words um, – I'm just skipping over that. Um, <laughs> foot and – like they want to make sure that they're on the next iteration of foot and mouth. Yeah. Um, uh, a side note on the flu while we're talking diseases, um, you know, the biggest aid or um, helper in the fight against the flu each season nowadays. What's that? The Internet. The Internet actually does, is worthwhile for something. It did, when you're trying to track disease. One. One. <laughs> uh, uh, when you're when you're trying to track disease. You're always playing the game of catch up. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Uh, there's an outbreak of influenza A, whatever, mm-hmm. in Berwyn, Berwyn, Illinois. Okay, and then the reports get back. They finally get mm-hmm. to the CDC. They they and they send people out and they try to do something right. But by then, it's already manifested. Yeah. All the people that were in Berwyn and they flew to other cities. Well, what, the quickest way to track is look at Google searches mm-hmm. for these very specific symptoms that they would get from that oh, strain. Wow. Yeah, that and so sense. they track the Google searches and they can predict using AI where these outbreaks are going to happen and they they're getting much stuff. better about it. They do crazy stuff all the time. They did stuff in World of Warcraft where they put in a disease just to see how the... That's the second World of Warcraft. Yeah, you're right. Just to see how people would react to it. And you could spread it. And some people spread it. Wait, your it. character gets a disease? Mm-hmm. Okay, people have too much time on their hands. Yep. And, and so they did it twice. The second time we were there for, and, and on my server, I was playing at the time, we got it, was a zombie outbreak. And um, they had like plague fleas, I think it was, or plague roaches. I don't forget. Anyway, if you touched them, it was like it gave you this, this curse or, you know, a disease which could be cured. 
But the people that got it realized, holy crap, I'm, I can spread this. And it took over. Then your whole, your whole screen changed. And then you ha- you're a zombie and you could infect others. Well, instead of some people were curing people, some people were killing zombies. Others are going to their guild. Their guild's like, bite us. Pretty soon they had to reset entire servers because it had just wiped out the entire population. <laughs> like, and it was like, and the scientists are going, excellent. excellent Don't you data. think that's kind of a predictor of, uh, of like, if there was a real zombie apocalypse, <laughs> there would be a large swath of people that'd be like, I, I want to be a zombie. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> I ain't going to work tomorrow. <laughs> Free food, no taxes. Sign me up. Three hots in a cot. Well, yeah. I, I mean, as long as you get to the body while it's warm, it's hot. I like to shamble. You know, <laughs> I've always been a shambler. It's my favorite thing to do, shambling. <laughs> but yeah, what we're getting at is those are the good things to do. And thank God for it. But as good as all that sounds, lots of folks have problems with Plum Island. Why, why would they have problems with Plum Island? Well, one is. We have a, a list. Yeah, one of them is a very, very good point. We told you it's just off the tip of Long Island. Just to see how it Super feels. Super close to a huge, the, 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 the country's largest population center. If there was an outbreak, yeah, not something only bad is, happened. Not only is it a huge population center, it's also a travel mecca. So it gets out immediately. Immediately. You know, I mean, and then bye-bye world, really. I mean, how far is Long Island from LaGuardia? Here, let's look. It's, we have machines that will tell us this. 42.6 miles. 42.6 uh, miles. Guess what? Every day, all day long, Ubers, buses, trains, everything are going between those two. That's right. And guess what's between those 42 miles? Millions and millions the, of, of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, Sorry. You know, and by the way, all, all all millions of people, however many it is in between, mm-hmm. they're all bitching about LaGuardia on the way. <laughs> the other thing, part two of this is the island is absolutely teeming with wildlife. Folks that are environmentalists don't want diseases studied there on animals because it itself has turned into an animal refuge. Right. Because the island has been so off limits for people. The parts that aren't the facility have been taken back by by nature, so to speak. Lots of, you said, conservation, environmental, civic organizations, all are working to actually preserve the island because of this. Even though wild mammals seen on the island are killed to prevent the spread of disease, there's still so many birds and animals they don't see and things and like that on the island. And that's kind of fair. Like, okay, okay. If you're going to study these things, you probably don't want wild mammals running right around like where the trash is. And foot and mouth disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as Plum Island was named an important bird area by New York Audubon Society, that happened. It's also attracted lots of different birds like osprey. So we, it's funny, I had never seen an osprey before and Lisa and I were in California. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> and we were in Santa Barbara, it's like day two or whatever. There's no birds. And you know when you're on the beach, there's just birds everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking to this guy, and there, there, people are watching. He's like, there, there's an osprey here, and it just kills everything. They eat everything, so all the birds like leave until the osprey leaves. Oh, yeah. So that's cool. It's like so a bird next of prey. time, uh, 
on the next iteration of World of Warcraft, there's number three, mm-hmm. they're going to introduce Osprey into the well, clan. They can't because it's already my character's name. Oh, fair enough. Osprey the Wise. Brent, the third reason that people have a problem with Plum Island. And this is this is a known fact. I mean, it's it's my grandfather wrote about it in his journal. In his journal. Yeah, I remember. You showed me the journal. Mm-hmm. Secret Nazi scientists are working on some of the most gruesome and devilish bioweapons right under our noses. And that sounds funny, but uh, there's a lot less haha and more probably to that. But we'll get to well, that. We'll I, get to that. Except for the fact that not Nazis would be like 113 right now. But all Nazis are 113. Oh well, I mean, if they time traveled there, anyway. Yeah, let's, we'll, let's, we'll get to that. Let's take a break, and we'll get back to that. When we come back, we're going to talk the history before the government took it over, and what kind of crazy stuff is going on there outside of just foot and mouth and osprey and more into nazis and stuff like that because i think we've been nazi-less for a while which it seemed disingenuous to to our long-term fans if we don't get a reptilian in this thing soon people are going to quit listening i know that's coming up next on hysteria 51 maybe nazis created osprey oh maybe osprey is just hola david me i'm a brent Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow. redeem 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 how do they do it rush day you're 50 oh. percent off <laughs> rush <at> day <laughs> redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, 
If we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Ah, uh, diseases. Are Animal I, diseases. Are osprey big? Ah, uh, you know, like, eaglish? I don't know what do you want to call it. Like, we we have so many eagles and hawks and stuff around here. They that's just what I hate it makes the me eagles. Think of. Oh, you meant you meant the bird. Yeah. All I right. Uh, Nation, we're bird. back. We're back, and we're back to tell you about Plum Island. Yeah, let's go back in the day on Plum Island. Let's talk about a little bit of the history. What was it called, John? Manitowan. Yeah, I think that's actually it. By the Native American Pequot people, and I believe I'm I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I do apologize, but. Manitowan, and in night in in 1659, the island was purchased by Samuel Willis III, son of the governor of Connecticut, from Wyandanch, the ruling local Indian chieftain of Long Island, for a coat, a barrel of biscuits, and 100 fish hooks. That is a hell of a deal. That is crazy. In fairness to Wyandanch, you would probably take that deal today. I do enjoy biscuits. <laughs> well, I mean, and I could probably you know, and fish hooks are useful. That is true. But it has a historic lighthouse, the Plum Island Lighthouse, aptly named, on the west end of the island. And the original lighthouse on Plum Island was constructed in 1827, and the current structure was built in 1869. So the first one, not so sturdy. It didn't the last The second one is doing all right. <laughs> yeah. The island then passed from owner to owner through 20-plus families. Actually. And we're going to review all 20 uh, families. So, and maybe the- got two, <laughs> and maybe got two. But no, we finally, will fast yeah. forward through that. That. Yeah. And uh, in 1899, the island was purchased in its entirety by the United States federal government following the Spanish-American War for approximately $90,000. That seems like a decent amount for an island that size back in the day. It doesn't seem drastically high or low. Those were ex- right now, it would be incredibly cheap. But uh, Those yeah. were expensive biscuits. Mm-hmm. Those were expensive the fish biscuits. The were made out of pure gold. <laughs> no, vibranium? 
Oh, yeah. Pure vibranium gold. Yes, thank you. Uh, The Army established uh, a coast artillery post there that later became known as Fort Terry with a Y, of course, as we we learned earlier. And then during World War II, the fort was activated as an anti-submarine base and then deactivated when the war ended. Which, during World War II, they weren't as advanced as us. They just had a bunch of people on the shores going, all right, get out of here. Get out of here, sub. (laughs) Did it work? It worked. Name one submarine warfare event you can think of off the coast of New York. Um, exactly, exactly. It worked. What, what, was, it, what didn't they say? A U-boat showed up off the coast of. Showed up. They said, "Hey, get out of here!" Oh, so it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Terry. Oh, bitch! I don't know what to say. <laughs> It's just controlled information. There was actually a huge, a huge battle over there. You just don't know about it. Oh, the Battle of New York. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was the. Um, it was actually the Battle of Daytona. It happened in Daytona, Florida. Oh, Daytona well, then, Beach. Then, Never then. forget. Nineteen ninety nine. There oh, I was, keg oh, stand. Yeah, three deep into a keg stand. <laughs> So the fort was later reactivated and assigned to uh, such a fun little group, the Army Chemical Corps. Yeah. And in 1954, the USDA established the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, of which it is known today. Because, and this is a quote, fuck New York. <laughs> I, think, I think that was in their mind when they were putting the disease center there. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> He jokes, he kids. I'm not joking or kidding. Okay, well, we joke, we kid, but, I mean, someone made that decision at that moment. Robot. They did. They did. I don't know. This is what happens when we let him participate. That is true. It is the only thing there, and it needs to be self-sufficient if they're going to have this thing there, no matter if it's in a good spot or not. The center comprises 70 buildings, most of which are are actually dilapidated and out of, not used, on 840 acres. They have their own fire department, power plant, water treatment plant, and security. Um. And and you mentioned some of the buildings are dilapidated. There has been a lot of chatter over the years about maybe because it's old, maybe because maybe people aren't paying baseball enough. Out there, need to hear some chatter. <laughs> yes, hear some chatter out there. <laughs> Going back to your eighth grade days, um, we need a pitcher, not a belly itcher. We need a catcher, not a belly scratcher. <laughs> um, all right, but though there has been a lot of a lot of talk about how it it maybe hasn't been kept up as well as it should. The people running it aren't as on point as they should be. In fact, the Wall Street Journal reported in January of two thousand two that many scientists and government officials wanted the lab to close, believing that the threat of foot and mouth disease was so remote that the center did not merit its sixteen point five million annual budget. Ah, <laughs> you dumb. Bastards! It warrants that and all the other billions that it eats every year in black <laughs> in budget. black budget. Yeah. In 2003, it was transferred from the United States Department of Agriculture to, as we mentioned before, the United States Department of Homeland Security because they absolutely should be overseeing agricultural shenanigans. Well, it, well, you can make it, the it was that it, it was security. It was the result of heightened national security in general post 9/11. And on a side note, I'm going to get the year wrong. I think it was 2008. They and I'm probably going to get the country wrong. But United s- States, <laughs> they they we apprehended in a foreign country in the Middle East 
a uh, a possible terrorist a member of a terrorist organization and they had a uh, a target list mm-hmm. uh, on their persons you know it might say things like washington dc or what, what you know just places of power mm-hmm. one of the places listed it was a woman actually uh one of the places listed was plum island that just makes sense though like wouldn't you if you could get a bomb there wouldn't you try to set it off if you're a bet if you're a nefarious individual or a robot <laughs> would she try to put a bomb there just to see what happens like well, ho- hoping that it spreads but not only that i think that's the point that homeland security is making this is why we need to take it over yeah okay yeah you know it's sense. not that we understand agriculture mm-hmm. it's just that we need to keep this out of the hands of well, bad people luckily i think some people are, are latching onto the concerns because plum island actually could be moving not the island itself but the facility nope they're moving the whole island yeah. there has been a plan in place for over a decade to move the facility to manhattan kansas but between budget issues safety concerns inner bickering things like that nothing has happened yet yeah it, it seemed like science sealed and delivered about a decade ago and, and then we're still sitting right. as as Everything, you know, red tape is a, a hell of a thing. Well, what you don't know is one of those billionaires that we've never heard of lives in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh. And he doesn't want it there. And his new name is Jeffrey Bepstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, some of those concerns that we mentioned earlier were legit. In 2003, a whistleblower who voiced concerns about safety at the facility was fired by the contractor he worked for. Well, as as one is to, hey, OSHA, OSHA don't work here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he had discussed his... <laughs> Listen to this. Oh, God, this is going to play right in. He had discussed his concerns with aides to Senator Hillary Clinton. (laughs) A National Labor Relations Board judge found that the contractor, North Fork Services, had had, in fact, discriminated against the whistleblower. And, of course, he was probably in for a financial windfall of some sort, but he didn't get to get that. Why, John? Oh, because he and the judge are now dead. Okay, that's that's actually not true. I just made that up. I have no idea what happened to them. I'm sure they're fine living somewhere nice. Yeah, I'm sure. I wouldn't worry about it. Don't look for them. <laughs> we actually don't believe in this conspiracy, but man, it's on the tip of everyone's tongue. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You got to have some fun with that right now. Or I guess not fun. That's the wrong way. <sighs> this is getting a little heavy. So let's let's. That's a lot of talk of history and stuff. But what scary shit? Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's get to the Nazis. Have they done there for sure? And what stories are there that they might have been working on? Let's get to that after the break. Up next on Hysteria 51. You know what else it's close to? Montauk. Oh, ho, ho. I bet there's a tunnel. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues 
for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Montauk monster is good they let him vacation on Plum Island because he's not a mammal he's like an energy beast he's an electric sasquatch so he probably can't suffer from foot and mouth disease he actually summers uh, this is a little known in fact Rangoon. <laughs> he summers in Alaska oh. harp oh they draw in some more energy for him yeah exactly and it's also his travel system well, uh, and they shoot they him, up, shoot him up through the, the ionosphere, you know. and he can go wherever he wants. In summertime, he can go further because of, you know, reasons. And, yeah, uh, and science. <laughs> it's almost as if you've been doing too much science. Too much science? Is that possible? Nope, never is. Thank you, see you, bud. So, John, what do we know? What do we know for sure has been done there? Well, since 1954, the year my father was born, by the way, uh, since 1954, the center has had the goal of protecting America's livestock from animal diseases. That's their goal. You don't always get to your goal, but you shoot for it. They've been pretty successful. Um, well, outwardly. I mean, the reality is, if these diseases hit our livestock, we have a problem. Yeah, and we, we get a big we problem. We get hurt bad. We can't eat. And if we can't eat most of the meat, Guess what? Prices, like I said earlier, they skyrocket. The stock market tanks. I looked this up, and depending on where you look, it, it says that the average American's income on like a monthly basis is taken up, roughly thirteen to sixteen percent of it uh, is taken up by by their food costs. Mm -hmm. So, imagining that going to fifty percent, everyone's lifestyle changes at that point under a certain income level. Everyone's right. ability to feed their family. I mean, under a certain income level, you can no longer feed your family, period. Mm -hmm. Under the next income level, you can feed your family. But that's yeah. why Seabot's been preaching it for decades or hours or I don't know. His time's off. <laughs> Insects and seaweed. Insects and seaweed. Feed the, feed the planet. Wait. Oh, this makes so much more sense. Are you implying that Seabot has Seabot years, much like seven years as a dog year? Something like that. No. But I watched Snowpiercer, and now I want to watch you turds eat insect goo. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to where you think you're eternal. See, there is where you are wrong. I'm not eternal, I am inevitable. <laughs> you're not Thanos. No, no, yeah, I let, I let him watch some TV the other night. <laughs> Endgame was on. He was short-sighted and too philanthropic. No. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. But uh, there, there was some conf confirmed nefarious stuff that went on there. Well, I say nefarious. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we, we all develop weapons to protect our countries. Mm -hmm. um, during the Cold War, a secret biological weapons program targeting livestock was conducted at the site. So in other words, how do we develop, how do we use these diseases that we've learned so much about to target the livestock of our enemies? Because then we would take away from their right. food supply. Yeah, and, and it, they say it dwindled towards the end of the century, but it, it was active. A Nick, uh, Nixon, 
uh, everyone's favorite president, officially, quote unquote, ended the bioweapon research at Plum Island in 1969. Now, we're going to put that officially in quotation marks because just like officially a lot of things, they wrote that on paper and then they probably looked around in the room and went, <laughs> like I do when I read that. <laughs> but unofficially, it it might have and there's chatter that it went on for years hey about about hey about about so wing about we actually allowed i mean people were wondering about this so much that we allowed russian scientists into plum island in 1994 like to prove we weren't doing the bioweapon stuff we anymore had to because they knew the secret handshake <laughs> so doesn't that kind of feel like when we tell iran hey we need to come check out your nukes like yeah. the, like Oh, the, wink. The rest of the the rest of the world was like, "Hey, show us Plum Island." But really? if the rest of the world said that, why would it be the Russians they sent? Well, because we secretly been working with them because the reptilians told us to play nice, oh. and they were working on a new disease that they wanted to give to us and vice versa. And what's the easiest way than smuggled over porters being invited in and carrying it in your briefcase? Then you go, "Here you go, Ted." Thanks, Pietro. With a backwards P. Yeah, and an E that doesn't look right. But and, no and, schwa. Not a schwa. But no schwa. No IPA here. <laughs> yeah, um, so what is that, uh, my spectrometer? <laughs> oh, well, here, hand over your spectrometer. I'll take it to the back where the reporters can't see. No, thank you for keeping your spectrometer in this lead line case that's under uh, <laughs> Comra- yeah. Comrade. <laughs> yeah, Comradeski. Yeah. The federal law stipulates that live foot and mouth disease virus cannot be studied on the mainland. But this whole area is unique because it is currently the only laboratory in the U.S. equipped with research facilities that permit the study of foot and mouth disease and many. Because it's not on the mainland. Because it's a safe distance. No. Makes you wonder, makes you wonder what they're studying in Hawaii, right? Right. Right. Just because it's not part of the mainland. Poi. They study poi there. That's not a disease. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had it. <laughs> no matter what, though, you know, we're, it's a safe distance away from America. Yeah, I mean, it's there. so far away. But, but, and it's not, it's not on the mainland. Technicalities rock. Sometimes. That, yeah. I mean, that is an actual technicality. Yep. Plum Island has experienced, though. Here's, here's a little scary part. Outbreaks of its own, uh, including in 1978, uh, a disease was released to animals outside the center and two incidents way back in the far off distance of 2004 of which foot and mouth disease was released within the center to animals and uh oopsie it would no it wasn't to animals they were in the cafeteria Uh-oh. and the the chef walked out burger no one eat the fish the fish has turned and it really turned <laughs> yeah the fish had a knife <laughs> so in response to the two 2004 incidents new york senator um hilari clonton how do you say her name? Yeah, I, I'm not not positive. Let's just move on. It was a senator from New York. Yeah, and, and Congressman <laughs> Tim Bishop. They wrote a letter to the Department of Homeland Security regarding their concerns about the center's safety. They they said, quote, we urge you to immediately investigate these alarming breaches at the highest levels and to keep us apprised of all developments. And here's the thing. So that's that's things that we know about. Right. The island has been in the news lately. Here's where we get to a little bit more of the oh my god stuff. Lab 257, a book by Michael C. Carroll, has alleged that whenever you use a commonplace word and then add a less commonplace number after it, it sounds nefarious. Mm. Unit 731, Lab 257. Berwin 509. (laughs) That sounds like a police unit. Carth 54. Where are you? (laughs) All nefarious. 
So Michael C. Carroll, he has alleged that there's a connection between Plum Island Animal Disease Center and the outbreak of three infectious diseases. And get them. You've heard of them. West Nile virus in 1999, Lyme disease in 1975, and Dutch duck plague in 1967. Dutch duck plague is not a real thing. Uh, bullshit. You played bass for him. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so these are uh, not like laughable diseases, though, and these are not no, laughable they're not la- claims. They're not all. laughable diseases. There's a lot of things that go into this. And the U.S. House of Representatives actually this year has called for an investigation to whether the spread of Lyme disease had its roots in a Pentagon experiment in weaponizing ticks. The thing about it is. We know they've experimented on our populace before, and we know that the scientists that were taken there from Unit 731 were working on ticks and fleas and other insects. So here's my question. Were they – you said the U.S. House of Representatives is looking into all of this? Mm -hmm. That's the weaponization of ticks in the form of Lyme disease. Right. There's no tie that we're aware of in this investigation to Plum Island, correct? No, they believe that it, it happened at Plum Island. The the alleged the they believe that the, the people alleging this believe it happened at Plum Island. Yes, and the House is at least saying to the Pentagon, "What did you do? Did Let's you look do into something? this." Yeah. Right. So they approved amendment proposed by a Republican congressman from New Jersey, Chris Smith, instructed the Defense Department's Inspector General to conduct a review of whether the U.S. experimented with ticks and other insects regarding use as a biological weapon between the years of 1950 and 1975. That I mean, that's scary. That's I mean, that, that, honestly, it's scary to think that they would test and mess with insects that fly, like like that right. they could easily get out, and they would and do it so tiny, and they would do it so close to the mainland, right? You know, the um, and I mean, Lyme disease is is a scary thing, and people make a lot of fun of, like, oh, but you have Lyme disease because it's uh, I forget that I forget what it's referred to as, but it's like it, it whatever it is referred to as the meaning of it is it mimics other diseases. Right. You can have Lyme disease and people think you have fibromyalgia. You can have Lyme disease and people think that you have uh, Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many diseases that it mimics and can uh, manifest in different ways. It's a really scary thing. Kyle, procure some Lyme disease for me ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, we ought, you know what? Kyle, go do that right now. Right now. Go no, pick be- it up at the store. No, because he's going to come in with like 60 ticks. <laughs> I don't really want that. <laughs> so uh, moving on, though, there's this book, Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons. And it cites the Swiss-born discoverer of the Lyme pathogen, Willie Bergdorfer, as saying that Lyme disease epidemic was a military experiment that had gone wrong. Strong accusation. Bergdorfer, who died in 2014, of Lyme disease, worked as a bioweapons researcher for the U.S. military and said he was tasked with breeding ticks, fleas, mosquitoes, and other blood-sucking insects and infected them with pathogens that cause human diseases. Well, I mean, that you mentioned Unit 731 before. That's literally what they were doing over and there. And those people were brought to the United States, some of them. So... Is it that far to believe that we would have kept up with their research? I don't think that's a a strong hop, skip, and jump, because maybe we thought that it was needed. Maybe it wasn't as nefarious as we think, but then guess what? One gets out, or one batch get out, and then look, it's something that we're dealing with. now you've got gremlins. Now you've got Mm -hmm. gremlins. Uh, No, I... 
I don't think anyone would argue, or I shouldn't say that, everyone, there's always someone who will argue with you. I mean, people say Australia doesn't exist. But I don't think many people would argue that, of course, we take their research and use it to better defend ourselves. The question becomes, how much do we use it to then turn it into more weapons? Right. Are right. we uh, are we do we go? That was great research. Or do we go? We can do better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it, I, we promised Nazis. Let's get into that because it does go a little bit further and beyond. We talked Nazi scientists, Project Paperclip ties. We know that they were brought over here. We know that they did things like this. too, And they weren't all just working on the V2 rocket. Yeah, yeah, maybe some not of them as, were working on right. Diseases. Maybe not as far beyond what the or or different than what the people in Unit Seven Thirty One were doing. Eric Traub was a Nazi scientist. He worked directly for Himmler, and he was actually brought to the Plum Island Animal Disease Center on at least three occasions. These are documented in the nineteen fifties. And Traub has said he was offered a leading position at Plum Island in nineteen fifty eight which he officially declined. We know that 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 happened. (laughs) You're a former higher up in the Nazi party and you're you're offered a job, baby. You're offered a job rather than, I don't know, a firing squad. No, but he was already over here working and that was just like, Hey, you want to work here? And he said, no, no, I'm saying that that's my, like (laughs) how bad would it have to be to go, uh, no, you know what? I'm good. Well, he was working elsewhere, so he he got to keep doing his other things instead of on Plum Island. You he know, I'd like to declined. I'd like to uh, continue to improve my curriculum vitae uh, in in other other areas, other fields. I don't want to go to Plum Island. Actually, it would have been nine. No Plum Island. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's not, that that was actually a clip of him. So the other thing, and this is where it gets a little bit kookier, is when you, you start getting into the 4chan discussions oh, God. and you start going down the, the some of the Reddit. Or, it's not even 4 Go to some of the groups that John and I are on on Facebook, which we go, whoa. You know, you read the other thing that they say is actually going on on Plum Island is the alien-human hybridization program. That is where the greys are interbreeding with us. And do you think you think hybrids females still have, like, menopause or arthritis? You know? Where did that do, come from? Do you think they get dementia? Like, oh, what star system am I in? Like, does that happen? Oh, or have they bred that out of them? I think in... If you could breed disease out of people, we would have done it a long time no, ago. No, we wouldn't. That's only <laughs> for the upper echelon of people. Oh, that's a valid point. Mm-hmm. That's a valid point. Your blood obviously isn't green. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, alien-human hybridization is such a buzzword, but that's one of the things. What do you think? What's your over-under on that happening and taking place on Plum Island? Oh, yeah. man bear Above 60%. Man, bear, pig, gray. Well, everyone knows grays can't breed with bears because of the not there's not a right enough no 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 you're you're missing no you're wrong you're wrong it's sun bears they can't which actually aren't bears Mm. regular like a brown bear completely works so but a panda is now once again a bear so i used to say panda bear and then people like panda's not a bear and they have so many things with raccoons and blah 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 blah. it really is a it is a bear again i'm glad you brought up raccoons because there's one do uh, share a lot of their uh, their genes with raccoons Thank you. Other than just the black around their eyes. He's like angry I didn't spend enough time on raccoons. I'm glad you brought up raccoons, Brent. 
because we have ignored the most salient piece of evidence for all kinds of nefarious things happening at Plum Island, and that is the Montauk Monster. Well, he summers there, you know. uh, Not we're we're not talking about electric Sasquatch. We're talking about that. That weird-looking animal that washed up on shore on a New York shore. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Uh, obviously, that was just a a normal harbor seal that had unfortunately been to Plum Island first and mutated because. <laughs> oh, well, no, heard of, of no, it was a raccoon. Remember, uh, uh, it, that's what big raccoon wants, wants you, you to think. think. Yeah. Um, no, but a lot of conspiracy theorists that believe Plum Island to be a less than. Um, less than upstanding facility mm-hmm. uh, will tell you that's where the Montauk monster came from. It escaped. It was one of the, the hybrid animal program mm-hmm. things. And, uh, and that's what happened. It would be so much more nefarious if they had their own Janet airlines <laughs> and the people there didn't talk and stuff like yes. that. You know, it is funny because, well, they wouldn't I, take off from LaGuardia. They'd never get there. They did though. And this was an interesting, as I was watching, you really hate LaGuardia. I do. There there was a video and they they had a gentleman who does security. They tried to get him to be able to go to tour the facility and Homeland Security said no. But the one they could do is they took him by boat all around and they took him by helicopter and went over the entire facility. And he's one of these like ex MI6. I think he was British if I remember right. And he works private security and he's like, holy crap. It is incredibly ill prepared for any sort of assault and it is oh it military is poorly, assault yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or even it's dilapidated it's in poor everything their their security forces are poor uh this needs to be moved immediately and do you think that they're waiting to move it because of just you know money constraints to manhattan kansas or are there other reasons do you think like why why do you think is, is holding them up what well, do you think it is i, I mean i think first and foremost there probably really is some trepidation on every level about moving anything like this to the mainland. I saw Walking Dead. They just seal the building and it explodes and it burns up everything. You know, that's how they take care oh, of it. Oh, that's all they have to do? Yeah. Oh, well. Um, that... No harm, no foul. So uh, you're familiar no with foul, the no mammal, no nothing. website slash news magazine slash TV show Vice? Like... <laughs> It's a floor wax. It's a, it's a dessert <laughs> topping. <laughs> yeah, I like Vice. Uh, MJ Benias, who's been on the show and will be on the show again, he writes for Vice. Okay, constantly. cool, cool. They're, the tech portion of their um, their website or whatever, their their conglomerate, their entity is called Motherboard, or at least it used to be. Motherboard did a, um, a big feature piece on Plum Island and was actually allowed access into the facility. They, they interviewed a few people that work at the facility. And there was, you know, watching it, I took away a few things. The people they interviewed were, could not have been beyond more prepped. It was yeah. just like, listen, I'm a veterinarian and all I care about is animals. And if we don't do the work we do here, they die. <laughs> like, like it's it just, to laugh at, but, it, but, it's... but it was, it was, it was, it was, it was well said, but it, it sounded like a politician on the flip side. I mean, the, you see what they're doing there. I mean, it's, it's, it's level two biocontainment. And it's 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 real. It's legit and very necessary. I, I hate pouring gas on on conspiracies like this, even though we know for a fact that they did research bioweapons back in the day. I hate pouring too much gas on these conspiracies. 
as in it's a bad thing and needs to be shut down. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't have these things, it's also good things it needs to keep going. Yes, so exactly. How do you weigh your? But I tell you what, if they found out the Lyme disease or something like that, really, that's there, a different story. There needs to be a lot of checks and balances, and the problem is, it seems like every one of these things become their own autonomous unit that answers to themselves well, and my bigger concern isn't necessarily you know nazi scientists in a lab you know 300 feet underground cooking up the next killer plague my, no, i'm fine with that i'm good <laughs> now my bigger my bigger concern is just um lack of funding yeah. lack of care meaning the things that they already have there the commonplace diseases get out because there's a there. I'm a virologist still, and a janitor. Right, exactly. They're still using technology from when the thing was built in 1954. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, of course, some of it's been updated. I, I don't mean to say that, but the, I, I think that I think the bigger concern is what is what that senator that I don't remember the name of uh, and the congressman were worried about talking about the 2004 incidents. Just is there enough care being put into this place? I reached out to a virologist that works for the state of Illinois who remain unnamed. And you, it had nothing ago. to do when you reached out. It had nothing to do with Plum Island. You just <laughs> you just needed and help. I said, "Will you? Would you be interested in coming on and talking?" And he said, "There's nothing I can add to that conversation." That seems like a nefarious comment. Oh God! You have to tell me off air who that was. I, <laughs> this was a while ago, but yeah, there's nothing I can add. I don't think I can add anything. <laughs> like, all right, all, all right. right, fair enough. When it comes to Manhattan, Kansas, that's a scary thing. I get, but I don't know. Is it? I think it's less scary. Here, here's what I don't know. Here's they what pick I, that for a reason. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have prepped more for this episode. But what I don't know is most of these diseases. Let's assume for a second they are not being uh, researched on insects that can fly across the harbor. Mm-hmm. Can hand hand foot and mouth? Can foot and mouth? get spilled into the water and make its way into the mainland like we we joke but is that water barrier actually doing something right yeah i don't and i think I the answer is yes i don't i don't think a lot of these viruses can just float along well i don't know because i think that the reason they picked that was just for semantics it's not on the mainland and it was cheap and there's already infrastructure there is a lot of the reason of course of course so i i don't i i don't but know. that water is a barrier of type but i'll tell you what so kansas center of america uh, Manhattan, Kansas is, is west of Topeka, west of Kansas City. It was picked for a reason. I don't know if that reason is because of politics or for safety. That's the problem. But it was picked for a reason. Well, it's probably, I, I mean, I have to imagine there's some actual logistical issues. Like, I would hope so. You, At least they you had can to get, put that on paper. You can get cows there a lot easier than you can to an island off the coast they of, Matt, of Long Island. They hate swimming. <laughs> it's a proven fact. Yep. Nation, that is what we think about Plum Island. But more importantly, what do you think? Yes. Tell uh, us. Tell us. It's our Facebook discussion group called Hysteria Nation. It's where you should log on, log on to Facebook, search Hysteria Nation, and tell us what you think about Plum Island. And then tell us how you like your burger cooked. I want to hear rare, medium rare, medium, well done, perfect. That's what I, I said there's a guy one time. He goes, how would you like your burger cooked? I said, perfectly. <laughs> he did not laugh. My wife didn't laugh. So, well, how do you like your burger cooked? Medium. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I eat most of my, all my meat rare. This Including your chicken? Um, uh, the reason I don't go below medium is it makes the bun all soggy. Soggy and the burger falls apart. Yeah. 
So yeah. medium's usually my go-to. You can even go medium well. I, if you gave me a well-done burger, I'll eat it. If you give me a rare burger, I'll eat it. I'm not really <laughs> going to fight too much. So you also have to be careful with burgers because they're they're putting all kinds of crap in them now. That Impossible Burger recently it was good. Yeah, I don't. You know, know. what I noticed? The hmm. difference? Nothing at all. It tasted fine. I it wasn't a- at Burger King. It was at like a uh, actual restaurant. Restaurant. Yeah, it was good. I had one too. I, someone asked me to describe it. I said, "Well." An overly expensive, not healthier, so non this was in Wheaton, and there was no. Pro- it was actually one dollar less than the other burger we had. So that not, that wasn't the experience I had. It was, but it, what I had wasn't. What people don't realize is these things aren't any more healthy. There's right. There's just, just as much fat, trans fat. Calories, it, yeah. It, yeah, but if, there's no meat. If you don't want to eat meat, yeah. it is a great substitution. And if you, but if I do if eat meat, I could eat a healthier version that tastes better. And if your aversion to eating meat is the killing of animals, they are working on that lab-grown meat, which I don't know why it bothers a lot of people. That does not bother me at all. Oh, it's great. You like cook me. I'm excited you, about make it. Make me the perfect steak. You know what I mean? And I, I know GMO is something that gets thrown on. Talking about a lot of that genetically modified, but as soon as you crossbreed corn, that's genetically modified. Absolutely. I I saw a really interesting article this week of what your food should look like. Oh, I've seen it. It was like just natural over time. Like what a watermelon looks like. Holy cow, there's like four bites of watermelon in a real wild one. You know, corn had like six little pieces of corn on it. There was a thing on Facebook this week, someone put on Hysteria Nation too, and it said, I'm really upset that we haven't gone further with what vegetables are better after explosion. Did we stop at corn, <laughs> or is there still experiments going on? Well, they, uh, they, there's also GMO meats, like genetically modified. Uh, for instance, pigs used to look just like humans, but we modified them to look like pigs. Oink, motherfucker. So, so that we would eat them. That's true. Yeah. That's true, because I know I would much rather eat something that wallers as his own filth than a pig. <laughs> Because humans, we, we waller in our own filth all the time. But you, you, you took I, your I, joke the wrong way, but I, you, I, you stayed with it. I, I'm I proud always, of you. No, I took it the right way. It was just over your head. You got to think. Nation, speaking of thinking, <laughs> I think you need to go to Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook. Look up Hysteria Nation. That is our group where you can talk about this episode and all our other episodes. Also, Instagram. Hop on Instagram. We're constantly throwing photos up there. Look up Hysteria 51. You'll find us. And give us a follow, comment on some photos. I have to be careful around Brent nowadays. Every now and then I, I, I see our Instagram feed and I see pictures I didn't know were taken of me. Oh, come on now. You know where those cameras are in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, no, tweet to us at Hysteria51Pod. Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Hysteria51. You can find episodes. You can find extras. Lisa and I are doing... Uh, uh, coffee with the other hand every week as a news segment where we talk about that week's segment and what she thought of it, listening to it. And you can get t-shirts and host your own episode. Voicemail 773-669-7277. Hi, my name is Mart. I'm your listener. I'm one of your listeners here in Malaysia. And I just want to say uh, you have a great show. I really, really love your show. And is smelling John still valid? And if I may ask Brent, may I smell you too, please? And see what? Please don't delete this voicemail. Bye, guys. You know what, John? Uh, she was so sweet. And she's from so far away. 
that uh, if she gets her butt to Chicago, she can smell both of us for free. Wait, you're, you're <laughs> the only stipulation you're putting on that is distance. <laughs> no, I, I'm in a good mood. She, she. she oh, just specifically. Oh, is it Marta? Yeah. If unfortunately, some guy's gonna be like ah, Marta. I'm here to smell. I'm like, no, I don't can, think so. Can you get in the back of my van. You <laughs> yeah. see that stuff way up there I need moved? Yeah, uh, my my arm's broken. No, I know how this one goes. Thank here, you. come smell Thanks. come smell this dirty rag. Yeah, does it smell like chloroform? I mean, yeah, chloroform. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, so. Thank you for the phone call, yeah, Marta. That's the furthest away that we've gotten. If that's you, awesome. If you live in any part of this world or not this world. If you can get to us. 773-669-7277. Yeah, that's right. Again, 773-669-7277. If you get any of this, any of this all, hysteria51.com. You can find that and all of our links on there. Some press that they've done about us. You can spin the wheel of conspiracies. You can have lots of fun. See pictures of John that he has approved. <laughs> has approved in quotes. And uh, don't eat tainted meat, I think, is, and don't get bit by ticks fleas or mosquitoes and you'll be fine tainted love with that said i've been brent i've been john he's been conspiracy bot stay woke meat sex it was terrible it was just terrible i'll never get over it as long as i live that's it for another edition of hysteria 51 john and brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained the unexplored and the unheard of oh if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.